1984, we left Houston to start a church in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. Wanted to start one in the Houston area where we live, and the pastor said, no, you're closer to these people than I am. If you do that, it'll split the church. Well, I didn't want to do that. So we moved to the Dallas area and loved it and planted a church in Irving. It was supposed to be the first church of any kind in Las Colinas, but we never made it. Two and a half years into it, it was around 30 folks, and it was a struggle. It was something that I said I would do that the Lord hadn't instructed us to do. After hearing a strong sermon on what is a work of the flesh, I realized I had an Ishmael thing going on in my life. I didn't run away from the Lord's calling, but I run ahead of him many times. And so I realized I'd gotten way ahead of God, and so we swallowed our pride and closed the church. And I thought, I'm not going to be a pastor. It's not for me. And he led us to join Shady Grove Church. And I had been a member there maybe a year or so and went on a men's retreat. It was just a Friday night and a Saturday thing at an encampment in Fort Worth itself. On my son's sixth birthday, I was at this camp. The camp opened with a meal and a worship service, and then we were to be silent until our meeting the next afternoon. So here I am, large room full of men. None of us are speaking to each other. And in that silence, I wrote in my journal these words. I'm not adding to the Bible, but if you find something in them that is unscriptural, let me know, and I'll go to the Lord again about this. But this majorly impacted my life, and I'm here today because of this word. On my son's sixth birthday, March 12, 1988, while at a men's retreat in Fort Worth with men from Shady Grove Church of Grand Prairie, I experienced what could be called a visitation from the Lord. That morning, during several hours of silence, the Lord began speaking to my heart some very clear direction for my ministry as a father to the children he had blessed me with. Others received similar life-changing direction that weekend. In the following are some of the things I wrote in my journal that day. I felt like God was speaking directly to me. I had my Bible and my notebook, and I began writing these words. They've changed my life and my family for the better. I hope they will bless all those who take the time to read them. So this is available in our brochure rack out here on the wall by the information desk. Here's what I wrote in my journal that morning. It was a Saturday morning. March 12, 1988. I have a clear word to speak to you as a father. Many have committed their lives to numerous noble pursuits, but have neglected their own children and died knowing they had failed. My church would not have crumbled into the dark ages if fathers would have been spiritual fathers to their natural children. What about the natural descendants of the apostles, not to mention their spiritual offspring's descendants? What happened to them? Were they all killed off? I say no. The purposes for my people were not successfully imparted from generation to generation. Will you lay down your life for the next generation? Are you willing to become nothing so that the next generation may shine? I'm not speaking of your relationship within your own generation, but of your relationship to the next generation. The apostles succeeded in reaching their generation and in reaching their next generation. But this impartation began to decline after several generations. 
Now I call you to look at your own generation. Many have fallen into sin and have unregenerate children because some of the former generation failed to lay down their lives for your generation. I call you to look at the next generation. Many Christians are not laying down their lives for them. They fail, they say, because of the soonness of my coming to prepare the next generation to carry on the legacy of Christ. If I come today or 2,000 years from now, there's no excuse for not laying down your life to see the next generation serve me and continue the dynasty of my eternal purpose. Your fathering a child is the most ideal opportunity to disciple someone that you will ever have. And while you are called to disciple the nations, do not neglect your own children. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, Acts 2.39. If your generation reaches more people than any other generation and yet does not successfully disciple the next generation, your generation will have failed. The people you reach will raise their children just like you do. You cannot impart what you're not walking in. Do not neglect the nations and do not neglect your children, lest the nations you reach also neglect their children. Be a worshiper, be a father, be a discipler, be a man. So while meditating on those words, I thought of the potential power of a set of parents in God's kingdom in the first century. I thought, what if during the first century church, just one set of parents, two people, mom and a dad, successfully discipled two children, and those two children grew up and did the same. They each had two children to disciple them. That would make four disciples in the second generation. Continuing with that train of thought and giving each set of parents 40 years, a biblical generation, to truly disciple two children, I wondered if this trend continued from generation to generation, with each generation only doubling the size of the previous one, how many potentially successfully discipled children would there be by the 50th generation, 2,000 years? The answer is two to the 50th power. And by hand, I numbered off 1 through 50. And at first it was slow. And then the exponential growth kicked in. Now keep in mind, we're speaking of potential, not the actual. Potential. What would the potential number of discipled children be by the 50th generation? The number is 793 trillion, 969 billion, 399 million, 169,000, and don't forget, 24. <laughs> While this is dealing with the potential of child rearing, one can easily see the incredible influence we have as parents. The hand that rocks a cradle really does rock the world. With these insights and others shared by the other brothers at that same retreat, I went home with renewed vigor to work at discipling my own children. It was not easy but has been most rewarding. Thank God for a great wife and mother, Yvette, whom God gave me to raise our children with. We're also grateful for the many wonderful believers who've helped us along the way by supplementing our parenting with their great influence and their commitment to children and youth ministry. From that time on, I began to do everything I could to be a blessing to the children's ministry of Shady Grove Church in Grand Prairie, where my wife eventually joined the staff to work in children's ministry full-time. 
Our passion was to supplement the ministry of other parents, give them a break so they could hear the word of God without babysitting their kids and while we could do our best to do what they were doing with them once a week or twice a month, however often we were able to do it. Several years later, an opportunity opened for us to also minister to children each week at a new congregation they were helping plant. And here we are. Here we are. 